That recliner almost chopped my mate's finger off. This is what our killer looks like. Tired. Everyone has been affected in one way or another by this terrible tomato onslaught. There was a, a standing lamp in this room. What happened to it? Attack of the Killer Objects! Hi, I'm Anastasia, and welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Objects. And my guest today is Lady Crisis, a.k.a. Mary. Hi, Mary. Hey! So, today we are doing 1985's The Stuff. <laughs> awesome. Ah, uh, yes. The Stuff can't get enough, yeah. or yeah. whatever it is in the movie. It's like, <laughs> enough is never enough. <laughs> yeah. If it's not, like, super obvious to the audience, guys, The Stuff is all, you know, just satire of rampant consumerism, which was, like, especially huge in the 80s. Not that it's, like... Uh, gone down any but you know the 80s was really a decade of decadence and <laughs> I feel like a lot of people were fighting back against that in literature and film at the time so that's why we get stuff like American Psycho and the stuff so <laughs> yeah yeah so let's get into it uh what are your thoughts on the stuff Mary my thoughts on the stuff well yeah. you know it felt it actually feels like a pretty wholesome movie if you take out. <laughs> it's like, I was really surprised to see that it was a rated R movie. And I was like, where is this rated R? I guess it's, I guess it's the stuff is what makes it rated R. I'm not sure. Other than that, it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a cheesy 80s horror flick. I mean, right. honestly, it's really hard to have a killer object movie that's not cheesy because the, yeah. the genre is cheesy by nature. That mm -hmm. said, I've seen one or two that are oddly disturbing and not cheesy, but okay. they are but they are far and few between. The one that comes to mind that isn't super cheesy that I'm definitely going to get around to doing is In Fabric. Have you seen that film? I have not. Mm -mm. Okay, so that's one to look into then. Um, it's about a killer dress, and I'm just going to leave it at that. But okay. yeah, but it's, it's just got a really serious tone. And okay. even though there are moments of absolute camp, it's still played with such a serious tone that it's weirdly not cheesy. It's hard to explain. It's one that just has to be seen. Believe yeah, me. Yeah, it definitely sounds <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's a newer film. It came out, uh, I want to say, 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, like, it's pretty recent. So, yeah. they have, you know, they have the advantage of time on their side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, technology, of course. So, we're going to get into the stuff. We're going to hop on into it, and I'm just going to go through the synopsis, and then we'll get to your picks of, uh, you know, your favorite characters and your favorite kills and whatnot. Sound good? <laughs> Sounds awesome. Awesome. All right. So, an elderly fellow who is working at a quarry late at night discovers a milky, bubbling substance coming out of the ground. Curious, he is compelled to taste it for some reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah the weirdest decision ever. Um, <laughs> only to discover that it is sweet and dangerously delicious. 
kind of like Cheetos, except the sweet part. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so he motions for a coworker to come over and convinces the coworker to also try it, and he too finds it to be sweet and addictive. Fast forward to an undetermined amount of time in the future, and the milky substance is being sold as a mass-marketed dessert known as the stuff. Perhaps the most attractive thing about the stuff is that it has zero calories, which was, like, impossible for food. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And is also somehow incredibly filling. Hmm. Mm. That's fishy from the start. Yes. I don't believe it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So this, coupled with its delicious taste, makes it a nationwide best-selling product. Next, we meet former FBI agent turned PI, Mo Rutherford. Rutherford is hired by a group of big wigs in the ice cream industry, as well as junk food mogul Charles Chocolate Chip Charlie Hobbs, (laughs) yeah, to find out exactly what the stuff is made of and destroy it. So Rutherford uh, begins an investigation into the stuff, finding out quickly that the stuff is actually a living alien parasite that feeds off of the people eating it and slowly takes over their brains, turning them into a zombie-like creature before completely consuming them from the inside out, leaving only husks of the former humans. Dun-dun-dun! Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, a young boy, meanwhile, a young boy named Jason has also discovered that the stuff is alive. One night when he goes, he, like, can't sleep goes downstairs, opens the Mm -hmm. fridge, and discovers it moving by itself in the fridge. So, and he also discovers that it's, like, slowly changing his family. They have, like, an aggressive stance on the stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, like you can't dislike the stuff. You need to be eating the stuff. You need to be eating the stuff in your room right now, or or you're not a part of the family. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's extreme, their views on the stuff. Which means Mm -hmm. it slowly already started taking over their mind. Correct. So, um, Jason happens to get arrested at a local grocery store for vandalizing a stuff display, and this attracts the attention of Rutherford, who comes to his aid. Back at his home, Jason is tricked. Uh, he tricks his family into thinking that he's eaten some of the stuff by flushing <laughs> it down the toilet and replacing it with shaving cream. Mm-hmm. And disgustingly, he even takes a bite of it in front of his brother. So that's fun. Mm-hmm. This, this kid would rather eat shaving cream than whatever the hell the stuff is. <laughs> yeah. And that's how you know it's dangerous. Yes. So, yeah. So his brother discovers the lie, and Jason flees frantically from his home into the car of Rutherford, who is waiting outside. Uh, Mo Rutherford, during this time, has won over an ad exec named Nicole, who has become his partner and lover. And uh, together, the yes. three fly to Georgia to investigate and sneak into the disturbing center for the well the disturbing distribution center uh for the stuff now uh jason stays behind on the private plane while the adults tour the facility and jason ends up hiding inside a large truck tank that normally ships the stuff out so unfortunately he gets trapped in said truck yeah which is like the most unfortunate place you could find yourself (laughs) yeah Where are you going to (laughs) go? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Oddly, it's as if Nicole and Rutherford don't even notice that he's missing. Like, they don't even mention it. It's really strange. There's, that, there's like, a, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you I go was going to say, there's a part where, like, they mention him briefly, and they're like, oh, he's probably here by now. Like, they, like, genuinely didn't care about this kid at that point. 
Yeah, like I rewound and went over and over those scenes again, and I'm like, wow, they just yeah. gave no shits about this kid. No, they're like, he's fine on his own. He's got. Yeah, it. exactly. Don't. Yeah. Wow. All right. So <laughs> they're at the motel, the two of them, and they're trying to go to sleep, and then some stuff literally starts creeping out of Nicole's pillow mm-hmm. and attacks Rutherford's face. <laughs> and then another man comes in and starts attacking them, and then they light the stuff on fire and escape. And the man gets thrown up up the wall with the stuff and lights on fire with it. It's a fun scene. I'm not gonna that lie. That is a fun scene. Yes, I did. <laughs> I think that was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> yeah, it's the most uh, involved as far as effects go. I think in the film, mm-hmm. so that's nice yeah. to do something. Yeah. That's where they spend a good bit of budget on. I imagine. <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So they head back to the factory to investigate further. Meanwhile, Jason is very much still stuck in that tankard. Mm-hmm. And Rutherford has stolen a factory uniform to blend in with the workers and investigate closer. Uh, while Nicole looks on from a safe distance. Rutherford soon hears Jason talking to the stuff from inside the tankard and steals the truck. Then rescues Jason from near death. Because he was moments away from getting eaten alive. You know, like that's the stuff literally how long had passed while he was sitting in that tank truck without it feels it feels like eons like he should have been eaten a long time ago but you know it's that amazing Mm -hmm. thing in movies that we like to call plot armor right (laughs) plot armor protects all the main characters Mm -hmm. Woo! and you know that's just part of movie magic Right. <laughs> lucky, lucky for Jason, yep. <laughs> yeah, lucky Jason. Plot armor saves the day again. So, they res- <laughs> like I said, they just rescued him from the tankard, and they arrive, they all meet back up and drive in that same stolen truck, and they arrive at a castle-like area to talk to Colonel Spears, who is mm-hmm. a retired army colonel who uh, keeps a civilian militia in said castle. Yeah. Ru- yeah. Rutherford uses his past FBI knowledge of Colonel Spears to persuade him to their cause, and the four team up to battle the Stuffies, or zombie people who the stuff has already taken over, and begin to transmit a civil defense message to Americans to break their addiction to the stuff by lighting it on fire. Mm-hmm. However, Charlie, the junk food mogul, ends up zombified at the Colonel's radio station in one of the more funny practical effects in the film. Yes. The stuff bursts out of Charlie's throat and mm-hmm. then corners Nicole and Jason. Mm-hmm. And Rutherford comes in and rescues the pair uh, by lighting the stuff on fire, of course, because that's how you get rid of it, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And the broadcast goes out across America, breaking its hold on Americans. All four are celebrated across the nation as heroes. Later on, Rutherford visits the head of the stuff company, who tells him that his business is not hurt because Rutherford only destroyed one of his stuff mines. <laughs> Rutherford vows to to destroy all of them and it's here that we discover that Mr. Fletcher the stuff company president has teamed up with Mr. Vickers one of the ice cream moguls that hired Rutherford in the first place and they've made a new formula that is 88% ice cream 12% stuff and it's called the taste (laughs) now the taste is just enough stuff to make it highly addictive but not enough to take over consumer minds that perfect balance to just break in the dough. Yep. Yeah. Now, making a perfect... <laughs> no, which makes it a perfect 
product. Uh, so Jason comes in carrying a box and Rutherford holds the moguls at gunpoint. Now this box is full of pints of the stuff, pure of the stuff, by the way. And they force the two moguls to eat all of the pints as punishment <laughs> for all the lives lost to their greed. And he, and he asks them, Rutherford does, are you eating it or is it eating you? And Rutherford and Jason leave and the two, um, and some police take the other two away, the the execs. And the film ends with smugglers illegally selling this stuff on the black market, revealing <laughs> that they have unfortunately not eradicated the stuff just yet. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. <laughs> yes. What a great so, movie. Right? It's fun. It's really fun once you just like, you know, suspend yeah. disbelief in some areas, obviously, and then just go along with the premise. It's fun. Right. You know, it is fun. I enjoy it. Yeah. So give me your give me your bests and your worsts and your favorite characters and okay. the like. Um favorite character for sure was Mo. I mean he just he just totally took that role and and went with it. I loved his character. And um Charlie, he only had he he didn't have a lot of screen time, but he was very likable, I thought, as well. Totally, totally. Yeah. What about you? I I also have to agree with you. I really enjoy him, but I also enjoy Enjoy the ballsiness of Jason to go against yes. his parents and family like that. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. that was brave. Like, a lot of little kids yeah. would have just, like, gotten taken over by the stuff. Yeah, and you know the scene where he's in the in the grocery store and he's just going crazy. Yeah, I as a kid always wanted to like knock down like huge like piles of stuff. <laughs> that to me would have been so fun. So I can only imagine that scene probably was a lot of fun to do. Probably, absolutely, I can imagine that. Yeah, yeah. No, he was he was great too. Okay, worst character. Worst character. Um, Jason's dad. I mean, even before he was consumed by the stuff and he came down when. Jason was in the refrigerator, like saying he was hungry. He was already being a dick to him. Like he was That's mad true. at him for being. I was like, what the hell? Why is he so mad at him? Yeah, so, yeah his dad was kind of ugh. a little and bit tyrannical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if they changed much after the stuff because they kind of seemed like the whole family just kind of sucked to me. Yeah, I, I don't know how, but it's clear that they already had some stuff in the house, so I don't know how far right. gone they were. Right, right, That's but but yeah, they seemed like a bunch of assholes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They weren't they weren't great. So we'll just agree collectively that his family sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. All right, what's your favorite kill? Favorite kill, um, I wrote down actually the motel scene. That was my favorite with the guy that was like consumed on the wall with the heaping pile of the stuff. That was my favorite. Fair yeah. enough. I said mm -hmm. Chocolate Charlie. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one too. Those are I mean, those are like the two best deaths because they're the most involved, I feel like. Uh, yeah, and the most memorable. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Okay, worst death. Worst death. Um, I didn't really have one. I, I did say that I wanted to see the family um, be totally consumed by them, so I didn't get to see that. <laughs> I Yes, I also lament that you don't get to see the, their demise, because they're yeah. so unlikable. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you just... That the worst kill, but... I, you know what? I'll, I'll give it to you, because I, okay. I, I feel like there's a lot of deaths that you don't really see. See, you know, yeah, yep. we'll go, we'll go, we'll go with that. The fact that they didn't <laughs> kill them is awful. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, 
there we go. So what was the most what the fuck moment in the film to you? Um, I wrote down that the Colonel, what was his name? Colonel, can't remember his name. Oh, Colonel Spears. Uh, yeah, he was really, he was a big ass creep. Like there was a point where Nicole, um, he was like, oh, you're going to come with me. And after this mission, you can re- reward me in a suitable fashion. I was like, who is this creep? He's gross. Oh yeah, he was, uh, he was lecherous. Absolutely. Yeah, he was pretty gross to me. Yeah. So I was like, what the fuck is that all about? But I don't know. He was really full of himself. And That's fair. That's fair. I said the most what the fuck moment was how little they cared about Jason, this kid that they took the time to rescue and then just. Yes. For- you know, I wrote that down. I did write that down. And then I crossed it off because at the end, Mo, it almost seemed like Mo like had almost adopted him in a way. <laughs> True. But it's, I, it, which makes it even weirder that they just like forgot about him for that period of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's so yeah. It's like, okay, now you're like a father figure to him now, I guess. So, I mean, he's probably an orphan, so fair enough. Right. <laughs> so, okay, so what what moment made you laugh the most? What was the funniest to you? I think when um, Mo is in that town, I think it's Dater, and he's at the gas station and he's talking to the gas station clerk or whatever, and he's outside. And we first get introduced to Chocolate Chip Charlie, and he like does some kung fu shit on him or whatever, and that. Uh, So I went with the creepy way that the mom is so excited about the stuff. I've lost Mm. five pounds already this week and I've not changed anything. I've just been eating the stuff. Yeah. Like, do you not realize how impossible that is? Like, (laughs) she was obsessed with it. There's a scene too where she's like wiping it off the wall and she's like, and it doesn't even leave a stain. I'm like, bitch, it's white. Like, yeah, (laughs) right. Hello. Yeah, like what what would be stained there? Yeah. <laughs> Just so far gone by the stuff mm-hmm. already. It took her first, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> okay. So I've got some fun behind the scenes like tidbits yeah, before we, we yes, before we leave off. So Michael Moriarty, who plays Mo Rutherford, the PI, is also in Cue the Winged Serpent and Troll, the first Troll, not Troll okay. 2. And uh, he played the ADA, I forgot what his character's name was, but he was the dis- assistant district attorney for the first four seasons of Law & Order, the original one. Interesting, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, Colonel Spears is played by Paul Sorvino, who is Mira Sorvino's father. Okay. So, have you ever seen Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion? Yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> okay, so yep. which one's Lisa Kudrow? Do you know? Lisa Kudrow is... I'm, all, I'm just thinking of that one scene where they're arguing about, like, who's who's Rhoda and who's the Mary. Oh, yeah. Well, to be fair, I don't remember which one's which, but whichever one isn't... Shit. <laughs> I forgot her name. Ro- I think I think Romy is... I think she... No, Romy's the other one. I think Lisa's Michelle. Okay, so Romy yes. is mm-hmm. Romy is Mira Servino. Oh, okay. So that actress's father is Colonel Spears. Okay, they yeah, I would have never have guessed that. Right, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's her pops. Wow. Yeah. All right. So Brian Bloom, who plays Jason's older brother, wrote the story for Call of Duty Modern Warfare and is also the voice of several video game characters, including Varric Tethras and Bioware's Dragon Age franchise. Varric is a dwarf who shoots a badass crossbow named Bianca, just just for an FYI. <laughs> I've played all the, I've played all those games. So when I found that out, I was like, what? Yeah, that is, that's cool. 
yeah, like, so, such an obscure 80s film. Yeah, I just, I don't know, that just kind of was like, whoa, that blew me away yeah, for a <laughs> a lot of random like faces that I've recognized. I just don't know exactly where they're all from. Totally, totally. Yeah. Okay. So according to the audio commentary on the Anchor Bay release of the Stuff DVD, the scene where the stuff eats the guy in the motel was shot in the same room used in Nightmare on Elm Street, where Johnny Depp's character gets sucked into the bed. Holy moly. I didn't know that. Right? The room yeah. uh, was able to turn upside down. They had, mm-hmm. like, the sliding walls and stuff, and that's how they did that, to make the stuff slide up and down the wall. Yeah, I can definitely see the similarities now that you mentioned that. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Okay. So, according to the, the director, Larry Cohen, some of the scenes that featured large batches of the stuff, like chasing characters, was mm-hmm. made out of a foam of blended fishbone. Which revolted everyone on the set to the point that as soon as they were done filming, they would always immediately rush to go, like, rinse it off, even in the nearby river. That's disgusting. I mean, like, what, I wonder what made him even concoct that. (laughs) I'm not sure. I imagine whoever was up, you know, in charge of practical effects probably had more to do that than him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... But yeah. yeah, that's just repulsive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, running to the river and jumping in and ugh. Yeah, gross. Um, okay, so in, dis- in addition to the fish foam, the stuff was also Haagen-Dazs ice cream, uh, mm. yogurt, and or fire extinguisher foam, depending on the scene. Very interesting. Uh, if it wasn't obvious, the film is a satire of consumerism in America, which I said at the beginning. There mm-hmm. is a scene somewhere near the middle of the film where Clara Peller from the Wendy's Where's the Beefs? Where's the Beef campaign? Reprises her role asking, Where's the stuff? Now, this <laughs> campaign originally ran in 1984, if it doesn't ring any bells for our younger audience. I'm not actually old enough to have seen it when it aired in 1984 because I wasn't born until 88, but. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of VH1's I Love the 80s and the early 2000s, and I have seen that commercial probably a dozen times at this point. I don't think I've seen that. I don't, I have not seen that. Okay. Um, so just, you know, YouTube it later. Where's the beef? I'm going to. I would definitely do that after this. <laughs> but it's this, you may have noticed in the film, but there's a scene where they're just doing like a bunch of different ads, essentially. Mm-hmm. And there's an old lady who says, where's the stuff? And that's, that's okay. the scene. So, but you'll, you might recognize her when you go and watch the commercial. Okay. It might, it might ring some bells. It okay. Might. Okay. So, Larry Cohen originally wanted Arsenio Hall for the role of Chocolate Chip Charlie, but the execs at New World Pictures wanted someone more recognizable. Little did they know that in just four short years, Arsenio would be the host of the popular late-night talk show, The Arsenio Hall Show. Okay, so he hadn't already done that show yet. No. So, he was literally just an up-and-comer, and Arsenio, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Larry was just, like, trying to lift him up. Yeah. And uh, he was also one year out from his role in Coming to America. Oh gosh, and he was amazing in that. That's right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like the execs at New World basically blew it by not hiring mm-hmm. him for this film. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I mean, Garrett, yes. Garrett was good, but it would have been interesting to see Arsenio in that role. I think so too. He would have been yeah. pretty young too, so he would have been mm-hmm. like a uh, like I don't know a wonderkin of uh, Mogledom or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, Chocolate Chip Charlie is inspired by the man behind Famous Amos Cookies. Okay. Uh, the film is one of the movies playing at Starcourt Mall during season three of Stranger Ca- Stranger Things. Hmm. So, I mean, stra- that makes sense, though. Stranger Things yeah, yeah, yeah. three takes place around 1985. Around that time. Yeah, yeah. That, does so make that, sense. that makes sense. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, another interesting thing, uh, Rupert Grint, who famously plays Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter films. Mm-hmm. This is one of his favorite movies. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and last but not least, Mira Sorvino, who I mentioned earlier, who's in Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion, this was her very first film. She's a small role in it. Oh, really? Where is she at in the film? She's like an extra or something. Like, oh, she's, okay. Yeah. I mean, and because her dad's in it, I'm sure they were like, yeah. Yeah. Her her in. Just put her in there. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. That's it. That's yeah, you know, um, somebody else I noticed at the very end, I don't know if you noticed when they are, you know, this, they're smuggling in the last couple batches and they're selling it to someone. Do you know who that person is at the very end? Mm. Oh, I should know this, but it's not coming to me. So tell me. Um, tell me. It's Patrick Dempsey's first role ever. And he's like that very end scene. He's got like two seconds of screen time. <laughs> oh, he was a baby. Yeah. He I, was I, an itty bitty baby. I barely noticed. I noticed it at the like I was like why does he look so familiar and then when I looked up the cast I was like Patrick Dempsey but he's got like the tiny it's like two seconds so I just thought that was really funny oh that's fun I like you know was so ready for (laughs) I guess I was just like typing up and not paying like I know what happened but I wasn't paying close attention to the faces of the smugglers you know yeah I mean you you really wouldn't but (laughs) that's fun funny Mm -hmm, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to go back and like really give him a good stare down yeah i mean you don't <laughs> pause it but <laughs> well that's what i mean <laughs> well that's fun cool. thank you for something that i didn't notice <laughs> yeah it <laughs> doesn't happen very often absolutely <laughs> eagle eyes there mm-hmm. all right guys well we will see you for the next episode which will be later on in the month but uh mary will be back to be doing ginger dead man oh gosh yes <laughs> Yep, that's going to be cheesier than this. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, would you like to plug anything before we go? Um, no. Uh, if you want to look at any of my content, I have the same handle on both TikTok and Instagram. It's Lady Crisis um, with the Y, C-R-Y, 7. So Lady Crisis 7. Yep. All right. And that's how you can find some of her awesome, like, makeup transformations that she does. She has a lot of horror makeup and stuff. So if you're into that, go check her out. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. All right. And we'll uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>